Welcome to Here We Grow, a grassroots podcast by Southwest Georgia Farm Credit focused on education and inspiring growth down on the farm, at home, and in rural communities. Whether you're a farmer or farm her, advocate, land lover, or southern dweller, we have industry experts and homegrown leaders ready to share their insights with you. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Here We Grow. I'm the host, Mike Harris, a relationship manager with Southwest Georgia Farm Credit. Our podcast theme today, Farm to Fork. I have Brian McClellan here with me in the studio today. Brian is the owner of McClellan Organics with his wife, Katie. The organic produce farm was established in 2008 as a true American farm with their products grown here in the USA solely. The farm is certified organic and located in Climax, Georgia. Both Brian and his wife grew up in agriculture families and want to carry on the farming tradition and install it in their children as well. Brian takes pride in continuing the health and well-being of the others while preserving the land for future generations. In the last couple of years, Brian McClellan with McClellan Organics has entered partnerships with others to help farmers take their product to the market and ultimately see them in the retail stores. He has been instrumental in overseeing and building supply chains, which develop sales programs to tray pack produce and have it delivered all over the East Coast. They have been in business in the industry for over 20 years in some form or fashion. With the help of the farm credit, they have developed a new tray pack line recently and even expanded Clone Organics business into further sales. Brian is here with me today to talk about the high demand for his products and what happens when the commodity leaves his farm. So Brian, I appreciate you joining me today. All right. Thanks for having us today, Mike. Oh, perfect. Brian, if you don't mind, we just, you know, we really want to share with our audience just how your products make it in the ground, out of the ground and, and to the, to the customer. So when we think of this, you know, we, a lot of folks don't sit down with a farmer and know how that product shows up. They just know to go to the store and get it. So give me a snapshot of McClellan produce and, and tell me how you got started and, and how you made this your passion. Well, I appreciate it, Mike. Um, to start with the, um, it's a, it's a long thought out process is what varieties you want to grow, when you want to grow them. Um, the weather, plays a, a vital instrument in that and also when you start and when you stop um the particular area that we're in here in southwest georgia is a, a really good area for the spring um you know our yellow squash our zucchini our cucumbers they're they're a 35 45 day crop then we move into your sweet corn which is a you know a 70 to 80 day crop um we grow some kale um we grow a, a lot of different varieties as well um but we start with that as, as some varieties of squash. We'll start with them as a seed. We'll take them to a greenhouse. You know, you're looking at seven to ten days on that variety. Your peppers, you're looking at uh, four weeks in the greenhouse. Um, so it, it, it's a lot of planning to get started on that. Now, do you have any greenhouses yourself? That- no, we don't. We use Ashley Fowler, and uh, right outside of Moultrie, has done a fantastic job for us over the last seven or eight years of getting our uh, – transplant started um and 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 that's that, that's where we start with we start with them there it gives us a little bit of an early start especially in the springs you know cooler temperatures 
Um, and then also in the fall when it's hot outside, you know, there's a uh, he can get them started a little sooner and, and get us up up and going quicker. Yeah, I imagine getting that product in the ground get could potentially give you an edge on your competitors. Getting that product sooner out of the ground. Getting it, getting it on the move. It does. I mean, everybody like this time of year, you know, in your early spring, shooting for Memorial Day. So the quicker you can get yeah. it to the ground and get started, you know, um, and in the same uh, in the fall, you know, you've got Labor Day and stuff. So you know, you want you're you're trying to get in as quick as possible. So you truly are trying to time this and make sure these things are getting out of the ground on the truck in the box and and heading that way so that you can hit that Memorial Day weekend. Um, sales you can hit that july 4th you can hit that yeah your father's day i mean all all these um dates that are that are holidays you know there's there's spikes and different things in in the food chain and and that's what we're shooting for is to try and you know get it in the ground be able to get it harvested get it cooled correctly and then get it on the truck and and get it to the warehouse so they can distribute it you know what people don't realize is that just because we grow it and we ship it you know it, we still got to get to a distribution center, and then then it's got to be distributed to the store from there. Right. So you're you're you know you got a couple and of days quickly. in there. Yeah, it, it's got to be quickly as well. But you've got a timeline there to hit, so they can get it out and get it to the retailers and get it in the stores for you know for people like us that can get there and shop before the holiday. Right. So that explains why my carrots are just now you know getting big <laughs> enough to pluck out of the ground. That's right. They, That's they, right. You know, they weren't planted at the right time. I want to jump back um, just for just a second before we move on to some of the other things I wanted to ask you. But, you know, how did you get started? I, I know I'm privileged to know you well and, and know your father and your mother and and I and they they didn't they didn't grow produce. So, um, you know, how how did you decide this was something you were going to make your passion and and you were going to start and then ultimately go organic? So the start was kind of a funny story. Um, I guess I was about a junior in high school, and uh, I don't know why, but some reason I decided I wanted to uh, grow some zucchini and crookneck squash. So you did better than me. I'm still chasing <laughs> carrots. <laughs> so I jumped. I jumped out there, and and uh, I grew up on a on a on a ranch in in, uh, in central Florida. And I picked me out a spot that that let me use, and I got the old tractor out and and grew some and. It got ready to be picked, and I got my buddies from high school to come, and I thought they were going to mutant me right there. I mean, it was – I didn't yeah. even dream, you know, that it was going to be that much of entail. And my dad knew some friends that, that farmed and were able to get me a little crew. And, and I guess it just, it just kind of hooked me right there in high school. You know, we grew cooknecks, and we always dabbled a little. And I went off to school and come back, and, um, and I actually worked for a, uh, uh, a sod farm, for a turf grass farm for my uncle. Uh, in the golf course business for a couple of years. That's right. And then I, um, there was a company there called um, Peace River Organics that a friend of the family's had started. And uh, they had a, uh, a farm manager that was going on vacation. And uh, he, he contacted me and asked me if there was any way I could help him out for a couple of weeks. And the couple of weeks just ended up about a year or two later, you know, yeah. just never left. And then we, uh, we come to South Georgia and ventured out on our own in, in 2008. Yeah, I, I can do this myself. Yeah, this is, yeah, this yeah. is it's too hard for uh, RM at Farm Credit to do, but it isn't too hard for you. But, uh, you know, that um, also, uh, you know, just leads me to, you know, as it piggybacks and grows and um, gets uh, bigger for yourself. And, and you know, we, we, 
we obviously notice in our industry that, you know, the big farmers are getting bigger and, and you've had to, uh, do the same thing to, in general, like that, that one acre at, in your, at your dad's place wasn't going to be enough to get you to have cooler space and, and get products and hire the labor that you need to get it out and the scale of that. So from, from a small farmer perspective or another young farmer that's looking for something that he wants to do or, or following the footsteps of a McClellan Organics when he drives by and sees the semi leaving, how how long or or how do you see that process for the next young guy? You know, like from 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 starting at in high school, like you said, you got on with someone that taught you the ropes, and then you came to South Georgia and grew from there, and took a big leap of faith, bought a big farm, and 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 spent money that that could go one way or the other. I mean, let's face it, you know, but you you you. You, you put your neck out there, and, and it's worked great for you, from my opinion, from what I've seen and been able to work with you. But that next guy, how, how do you see that going for them? You know, it, 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 your, uh, just your dreams are possible. I mean, we started with that farm. We rented it the first year. You know, it was uh, at that time it was only about 200 acres. And, shoot, I think the first year we only farmed 20 of that 200. Yeah. You know, and we, we rented a spot at the farmer's market in Cairo and um, – and hauled it back and forth, I remember and, that. you know, and we, we just back and forth and just slowly build it up. Um, but it's, uh, you're going to only get as much as you want to work. You know, if you want to put the time and the effort, now it helps to know the right people and, and, and to get your, to get aligned with somebody that has the same, uh, thoughts and, uh, goals that you do, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, and I have to stop you there. I, I give a lot of credit of that to your wife, Katie. I mean, Katie, <laughs> uh, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with her over the years, and she stays. She st- stood in the alley with you for a lot, oh, of, a lot of things. She did. She's been great. You know, when we got married, she she graduated from FSU and, and got her master's in speech therapy, and, and she worked. She had a full time job yeah. in Tallahassee uh, for years. And um, as the farming world has it, it has evolved a lot. You know, when we first started, it was, you know, it was just you know, it was basically just farming, you know, yeah. you, you, get the product plant, in get, the ground, get, get it, it out. in the ground, work on your equipment, you know, work on your sales. Uh, and, and that's it. But now with the food safety and uh, just a lot of different regulations. So, you know, she's, she's back, you know, she actually took a, uh, uh, you know, quit her job and, and doing our food safety, which is, uh, a huge part. Cause we can't, we can't go to any retail stores now without that. I mean, that's that's a. I mean, that's the number one first requirement right. is is your food safety. What program do you have? You know, you know. There's a list of stuff on that. You know, we could talk for an hour on just food safety if we wanted to, but it, it, it's changed. I mean, you you got to have a lot of um, uh, help in the office. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know there's been times I've said, "Hey, I'm gonna come down and see you," and you're like, "Not this week. You're not. We're we're riding." We're riding a, uh, an auditor around the farm, right. and, and, and Katie's got payroll to do and got all that paperwork to prep. That's right. So, That's you right. Know, there is a lot that goes into that, and, and you're right. We could, we could probably have a whole other podcast. We could have another food safety, but. on just food safety. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. The logbooks and all that we keep up with on a, on a day-to-day basis uh, is from, from as far as the field, you know, how many workers, as far as how many knives get distributed to water logs and samples that's taken – um, you know, there's certain retailers that we do, um, uh, product testing, uh, quarterly for, um, 
So, yeah, yeah, it goes on and on. But she, we, we couldn't have done it without her. You've got to have people in the background helping you. So that kind of leads me into, uh, you know, just the next couple things I want to talk about today on the podcast was just kind of kind of showing us, um, you know, that there's someone out there, and hopefully they're listening to this. We'd love to help them at, at Farm Credit and, and see their dreams through too. But, um, you know, just like I said earlier, I, I said, man, I was, I'm like you. I, one day I said, you know, I'm tired of buying okra. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant some okra, you know. Okra. I remember that. It's a good, it's a good crop. I mean, a little bitty seed. Brian gets me a bag of seed. I mean, shows up, and it's just 50-pound bag of seed, and there must have been a billion seeds in there. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not a quitter, so I keep on. I go put that okra out there in one acre, and I plant it, and it comes up, and I've bought a sprinkler and i'm watering it and let me tell you folks if you've not ever grown okra it makes a crop and you got okra for days and days and i didn't have buddies like brian i didn't have anybody show up and help me pick that stuff and i couldn't find a soul that want to come up and come down them that one acre and cut that okra with me and so brian got invited to shoot doves over that um okra when i mowed it down and we waited for birds to clean it up but I, sorry, I, I I digress. I'm I'm squirreling on y'all, but um, so that person that's growing produce and they're they're getting it picked and they're getting it boxed up and they're coming and selling it to a broker, and, and then they're they're looking for their next crop and trying to get it in their their crooknecks or their zucchini just like you grow, but but they're not fully integrated. They they just have somebody buys it from them. You know, a big a big outfit. We we could name quite a few that are out there and they they buy a tremendous amount of produce from folks around this area. But, you know, you, you decided at one phase you wanted to integrate it more. You, you wanted to retain that ownership of that product um, further through the process. So, so walk us through um, you just taking the next steps of trying to pull that broker process in, that tray pack process in, and getting it to the store. Uh, so so I, think, I think our listeners can see the, the, the planning, the growing, and, and getting that product in, and harvesting it. You know, a lot of folks understand that, but then just break down a little bit more of all the moving parts that it takes. Once you've got it in the box and you've got it in that pack and shed, what all it takes to get it from there to the plate? Well, that's a good question, Mike. So a lot of thought and pre-planning goes into that. So just for instance, right this second, um, you know, we've been talking for two, three months, uh, to the suppliers on, on what they're going to need, their needs, their quantities. Not so much price right this second. Um, is, is more as, as quantity and, and um, varieties that they're going to need through the spring. And that's what you've got to do. You need to, you need to have a home for it before you plant it. I mean, because it, 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 it's a perishable product. So you can do all the hard work and you can get it in a box. If you don't have a home for it. I learned that well. It, you don't, I mean, it don't, it don't last forever. I don't care if you have a cooler or not. You know, it, it doesn't last forever. So it's perishable. So it's good to align with somebody that can help you, um, that has a team out there that's talking to these people uh, on a day-to-day basis. But, but it's, that's a good point. Um, that's what we've done. And that's what, what, what kind of, we don't want people to look at us as McClellan Organics as just a, you know, a, uh, April, May, June, you know, because Southwest Georgia is a little different uh, than the rest of the parts, you know, like, well, it just, for instance, Michigan, you know, they, they, they'll start in June 
but they they won't stop planting till uh, frost, whether that be October, November. You know, I mean, they 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 keep right on going. You know, where we 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 grow in March, April, May. You know, in, in July we get done in July, and then we have a break. We don't start back till you know September, October. So there's a gap Very right fall. there. So, you know, we we were we were having the issue where people were like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna buy, we're gonna buy, but then they kind of they move on to the next person. And then what if they plant a little longer or, or, you know, they go to another person and then by the time that you get back into the, into the mix, you know, to be able to buy from, you've already missed half your window. And somebody's moved into your slot. That's right. Moved in your slot. So, so what we've done is we branched out and, um, we have, uh, the Moulter produce, which is up in Michigan and they're, they're filling our gap in, um, you know, in July and August in the first part of September. And then, so that, that's keeping the product you know, to the customers that we started with, keeping it going there. And then we come back to Georgia and then we go to first frost, which is, you know, give or take could be, you know, the first week of November. It could be Thanksgiving, depending right there. And then, then we try, we have another, another group there, Ken at Heritage Farms in Indian town, and they're growing some stuff for us, you know, to kind of overlap because we can still grow some kale and stuff in Georgia. But as you know, the weather last year, you know, we had that hard freeze for, you know, seven or eight days below freezing you know we lost all that stuff you know mm-hmm. so your supplier is is still looking i mean the, you know the consumer still needs to eat so we branched out and went down there almost like an insurance policy to grow some down there so we'll have it during that time and and, and bring it back and then, and that keeps us talking to the people every week you know because when you're out there's no need to talk right. you know what i mean we're out of produce you know we'll call you you know in a couple months when you start back getting into it but now that we're we're trying to go full circle it keeps you in the loop with everybody and keeps them coming back to the same place yeah because if i'm not mistaken i mean there's when, when we use the broad um terminology broker i mean there there's a whole business a whole mega business out there where these guys are just hunting what that grocery store says they want to put in there and so those guys are constantly looking for that product. And, and, and like you said, way out. They're not looking oh, for they it. Are. Like, oh, bro, I'm, I'm out of, I just ran out of heads of lettuce. Can you bring me some? Yeah, I mean, can you they, find me a half a little lettuce? They, you know, they got to be way out on there. That. They are. They are. And, and that's what they're doing is, you know, and, and you can, you can have people that are like a straight brokerage company that that's all they do. And then there's people that, that have a, they're still considered a broker, but they're really a farm with a sales team. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's all in house, and they got to have a guy that's going to grow it. Yeah, they do. So it, it it makes sense to have to have it all under the same roof, and and that's what they're doing. And a lot of people don't realize is, and as a grocery store buyer, there's a lot of pressure there because I mean they might have, you know, they might have a hundred to three hundred SKUs that they have to buy for every week, you know, and people don't realize that that one person's in charge of, you know a lot of different items, not just yellow squash. So if they can find somebody that can say, Hey, I can, I can help you, you know, nine to 12 months out of the year and I can cover 10 or five or, or you know, maybe 50 of them skews, you know, it's a big help. Yeah. Cause then, then you're more of a one-stop shop and uh, let's, let's face it. I, if, if I can call one guy and I can get five different products that I want to put in there, that that's who I'm going to call rather than call, you know, five or six different people. Exactly. And exactly. get a little bit here and a little bit there. So, so 
that's what I've seen Brian do is just try to, you know, get his hands on more things so that he can be more available to, to these stores that ultimately want to keep product in front of the consumer year round. Well, that's like, you know, when we, when me and you first met, all we did was the, what I call your, your basics. We did the yellow squash, the zucchini, the cucumber, the bell pepper. That's all we grew, Yep. you know, and then, then we ventured off into the kale, you know, and that, and that really, that really helped the revenue stream because we can, you know, we carry it through June just like the other items, but we're able to carry it through the winter when the weather permits us. Mm-hmm. So it gives us uh, 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 income through a longer period of time. And if I'm not mistaken, way back when, that, that's how that came about is someone someone needed to fill that that skew that you were talking about, and, and they didn't have it. And so we got to find somebody that can fill that gap. And, uh, and Brian exactly started right. filling that gap for a company that was providing a multitude of products. So at that time, you know, he, he you know, as when we were talking about the young beginning farmers, sometimes you, you got to just be that guy that can fill Brian's hole, you know? Right. And so if you can do that, then you can piggyback, um, into something so well that's it you got to be looking outside the box you know like we you know kale was not in our window or our wheelhouse of things to grow but we tried it on a small scale and it's worked out really good for us and you know then we we ventured out into cauliflower and broccoli and brussels sprouts now and and, uh so you got to be able to to diversify Brian, when we talk about this process, you, you know, I, I still want to make sure I've got it clear, you know, or, or, or just, just painting a picture. You know, sometimes it's just better for me to just see how, how this goes together. So, when, when, you know, we've summarized how simple it is to plant or grow or harvest. And, and you know, and then we touched on packing and shipping and, and, and logistics and people understand how that moves. But, but how do you take, you know, you, you, when, when you get that order and you know what you've grown, you've grown it there, and, and now you need to get it in that, in that pretty little package that we see in the grocery store. How, how does the businesses that you've invested in and that you've tied yourself to, how do they accomplish that? Well, that's a good question, Mike. So we started a company called uh, Big Oat Packing, and um, with the help of Farm Credit, we were able to uh, get a tray pack line to get us into the corn industry. Um, and that's, that's a, a, a big part of the corn world and not so much corn, but like yellow squash, zucchini, cucumbers, even bell peppers. There's a lot of customers that like that already prepackaged, you know, they, they like the, uh, so when we say tray pack and prepackaged, we we're talking about that little tray and the cellophane wrapped that, around it. That's correct. And you're talking about that mostly on the, on the squash side, but on the corn side also is, you know, you got a lady that that's maybe just her husband and her or something that, that, that wants to go in there and buy, you know, just four ears of corn and it's already cut and, and dehusk and it's, they open it up and do what they want to with it, you know, oh, throw it right God. in the pot and boil it. So, um, so yeah, you know, we invested in that machine that, 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 that tips the corn and we can do a dehusk, we can do a window and, and different, different retailers have different, um, you know, ideas or, or, or you know, or, or I guess I'm saying is that the, the marketplace is different. You know, some, some customers prefer the, the total dehusk, some prefer just the window. So that gives us the option to, uh, to reach both, you know. And then on the squash, we do a, a two and a four count, which is the same thing. It's already washed. It's sealed up. They take it home, open it right up, chop it up, you know, stir fry it, you know, or they cook it on the grill, whatever they want. But it's, 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 it's already packaged up. They don't have to loose. They stick it right in the refrigerator, and it stays together, and it's good to go. 
That's great. So, so, you know, and as you mentioned that little, you know, each tray is different. Every, every store, every retail store, they, they know how they want it displayed. That's right. Each, so, each one's different, you know, so we do multiple packs. We do a, a two pack, a, a four pack, and we even do squash, what they can, they call a medley, which might have two yellow and two green in it, you know, um, each store level. And I guess it would be in their area depending on where it's at, you know, has customers that, that are looking for different items. So, so that, that product's coming out of that field. It's going to come in. They're going to grab it. They're going to uh, either, like you said, you said you had a de-husker. So some of this product, if we're talking about corn in specific, it, you put in this machine, it takes the husk off, cleans that product up, and comes out. They clean it up. You know, you think of it just like I love, you know, what is it, Lucy Ball when she was packing chocolates. You know, That's it's right. going down That's and it right. gets going too fast. you got to grab it and slow it down. But That's right. yeah. these guys don't slow down. I've seen them at work. So it goes through there. They grab it. They package it depending on what the store wants. That's right. We get our orders in, you know, different customers. You know, sometimes we have orders two weeks out. Some of them are two days out. But, yeah, so it, it comes out of the field, and we run it through the hydro cooler, which – cools which gets all the field heat out so the quicker you can get the field he- heat out it actually uh preserves the product better and then and also we have sanitate that runs through there which you know kills anything on the on it keeps it clean pre-cools it then it comes through there we put it on the saws it tips the corn uh and then when you from say there, tips the corn what's so we're that gonna mean? we're gonna cut the tip off uh off the front and the back of it so all that's done for the consumer uh and then depending on which customer it is, if they want it uh, dehusked, then it goes up to the dehusker, which then, like you said, it, it takes all the silk, all the husk off, and it's, you know, a two or a four count right on a tray. Uh, and I do think with the tray, it's cold, it seals it, so it, I think you, you, you get a lot longer shelf life out of your product when you do it that way. Okay. So the consumer can buy it, take it home, they stick it straight in the tray, I mean in the refrigerator, and it's... Uh, you know, if that's what they want, they wanted four. They don't have to buy four individuals, and they're rolling around in the drawer. And, you know, you lose one here or there. It's, it's in the tray. It's right there. When they get ready to cook, they pull it out, open it up, and they go. It's clean. It's efficient. It's, we, we live in a society that we want, we want it clean and efficient. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, just I know I keep circling on this, but, you know, I, I, I've seen it with my own eyes. So, so I just want to really, you know, uh, try to paint that picture for the, so for anyone listening that it, it is quite the production to plan for that seed to go in the ground and for it to go through all of these steps timely and efficiently and come out and be ready to go on that semi and head up the road to that to that next destination I mean, this is, this is, you know, you could almost think of it as it's art when you, when you see all them coming in and, you know, a guy lays out of work or a guy doesn't show up or the semis late. These are major issues when you're trying to put this together. Oh, it does. You know, I mean, we do a lot of work up in the North and with the weather and the trucks, you know, you know, late and get to us and we get him loaded late and he's got a deadline, you know, to unload. It's uh, it's a lot goes into it. A lot more than people think. Um, you know, even as far as like the, the Michigan and the Indian town is, you know, that product's got to come all the way back to us to get it prepared, you know, and, uh, fortunately we've been able to, to, uh, team up with, uh, Eli trucking and, and them, and they've done a great job of helping us get our product moved around on a timely fashion. So I know, you know, that just, uh, kind of leads me into, I know you've worked hard 
uh, to hit all these points over these years and grow your business. And, you know, with any business that we work with, we, we, we typically ask, you know, how, how do you market this? How, how do you, how do you get it bigger? How, how do you scale up or how do you find people that want your product? So when it, when it comes for a, a produce farmer or, or a guy like yourself, um, I mean, obviously I've been around you, your phone rings a lot. So, so there's been some marketing put in play or, or it wouldn't ring so much. So, but how do you, how do you try to tackle that marketing? Well, piece? it's, it's, it, once again, it's a group effort, but, um, Diana with, um, Georgia fruit and vegetable and, um, and with Georgia grown has done a great job helping us. And then there's, there's other events. There's, um, there's organics. There's a SPPC show coming up. They, they had a GOPEX in, um, Hollywood, Florida, a couple of weeks ago. So you just get online and look, and there's places you can go that you can put your name out. But teaming up, especially like Georgia Grown, they do a great job of helping people get in the market shares or at least aligning them with somebody that can help them get there. We've done a lot of work with Diana, and they, uh, they have a new group over there in Mater um, called the Innovation Group, and, that's, and they're, they're setting that up where they're helping – you know, a lot of, she's been in contact with me with a lot of farmers that are, you know, that have five and 10 acres, you know, that, that can grow up, but just having a hard time getting it to one place. And, uh, we've been working with her trying to help them, you know, to either get it to us or to get it to somebody that's even close or not so much us, but you know, if it, if it works out better for them to, to go to somebody else because they're, you know, an hour closer. So like so much else, it's, it's networking. And we, we have seen that Georgia grown is, it's just become a, a fabulous way for, for small farmers and folks wanting to have a passion in the industry to get involved and, and get linked up with people that can take them to the next level. It will. And, and the, the, the Georgia Fruit and Vegetable did a great job. I mean, when we first started this on the food safety side, I mean, it was, it was overwhelming. And if it wasn't for them and, 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 and Katie, uh, I don't know that we would have got it done. Yeah. You, you, you know, you've got major hurdles in any industry and, and uh, when you when you have um, auditing functions and food safety, like you mentioned, that uh, those are just hard stops, and and that can get your your operation just straight up shut down and 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 not moving. And and like he said, it's a perishable item. So if, if you get the brakes put on for too long, I mean, you're looking at losing a crop. And so and uh, nowadays with input costs and and everything, uh, you know, we could go into, you know, more subject matter on just the, 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 what you get to use on these products and, oh, yeah. um, and to, to keep them, um, certified and, and then if they're not certified, how they, they have to go to a different route or different logistics. And, and, you know, if that plan's not all set up, it's not like you can just pivot, no, uh, no. typically. So, but again, thank you for, for sharing about the, the, the tray pack and then just how it gets um, to that neat little packaging um, and then obviously hits a, a reefer truck and heads to the store. Yes, sir. Well, Brian, I, I do really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I, I know you've got a lot of things going on your farm right now and to, to step away um, always can um, turn into something eventful when you show back up on the farm. I, I, I've been there and I, I've seen that transpire. I, I I have a farm myself. Uh, obviously, we've all heard I don't grow any produce because uh, that doesn't that doesn't work for me. Um, but you know, anytime you're away from the farm, you you don't have your hands on on the wheel. And so, again, thank you for for coming over here. Thank you for, for working with us at Farm Credit and giving us a shot to try to help your family and in, in your farm. 
um, as you continue to grow, we continue to grow in a, um, you know, it takes, it takes a, a village to keep everyone, um, working on this together and providing their piece of the puzzle. So for that, that concludes our podcast today um, with Brian. For more information, you can visit our website at southwestgeorgiafarmcredit.com. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to have um, y'all listening to what we've got. Uh, We have a great team that puts this together, and they find us great content for you to listen and learn from. So you can pick your favorite podcast and your favorite app to get notified and notifications for new episodes. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for great industry resources. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Thank you for having us.